back down to where normal people live. <laughs> it's great to be back in your church again. Uh, I usually look at my records before I come and find, you know, remember how many times I've been here, but I forgot to this time, as apparently you did too. And uh, so I don't know for sure how many, but but yes, many times, and it's always good to be here. I love love being here. There's only one other church in America I've been to more times through the years than to, to this church now. Uh, it's a church down in North Carolina that I started preaching. I started preaching there back in 1983 and been there almost every year since. But other than that, I've been here in this church more times than any other in America and then just love coming here. Uh, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to get to be here yesterday for such, the, such a special day. I wasn't calling Brother brother Joe to find out if I was still coming or not. I was coming to drop a hint, can we come a day early <laughs> so we can be in the uh, wedding? And he fell for it, so we got to come. And we, we were thrilled to get to be here. Most of my messages, that I've, especially the ones I've preached here, I just about have them memorized. But uh, this morning, um, I'm going to... Um, I preach a message I've never preached before, and uh, so I'll probably uh, read a, a good portion of it, and, it, and it, it may turn out to be one of the shortest messages I ever preached, but uh, we'll ask the Lord to bless, and I hope that uh, the Lord will meet the need that you have in your heart this morning. Father, I pray that you'll help us now there in these next few moments to just focus on you. It's been a, it's been a great weekend, and as Brother Joe said, it's been a weekend of grief for some and uh, we've all had our emotions uh, all over the chart uh, for the last uh, few days, but we pray now that you'll help us to just focus on one thing, you, and we thank you for the opportunity to do that. Thank you for the church that we have here, and thank you for the Word of God, and thank you for your spirit, and thank you for meeting with us here this morning in Christ's name, amen. There is only one God. Uh, the Bible states that very clearly uh, seven different times. And uh, Malachi, Malachi said, Hath not one God created us? And Mark, Mark said, For there is one God. And the book of Romans, Paul said to the folks there in Rome, Seeing it is one God. And the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul said to the folks at Corinth, He said that there is but one God. Then Paul said to the folks at Ephesus, one God and Father of all. And then he wrote to one of his young preacher boys named Timothy, and he said, for there is one God. And then James said to, uh, to all of the Jewish nation, he said, thou believest that there is one God and thou doest well. This one God that we all know and believe in is the uh, true and living God, and that one God has always chosen to do his great works through one man at a time. Through the only begotten Son, he created all the world and all that therein is. We read about it a few moments ago in uh, chapter 1, verse 3. In the beginning was the Word, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The moon was made by the one Son, the only begotten Son. The stars, the sun, the earth, 
the mountains, the rivers, the lakes, uh, every tree, every plant, every animal, every bird, every fish, every insect. When God has a great work to do, he always does it through one person. God created one man, Adam, and through that one man, now we all exist. The Asians, the Scandinavians, the Africans, the Europeans, the Arabs, the Islanders, which the honeymooners are this morning, uh, the, uh, the natives, uh, the Americans, uh, the northerners, the southerners, male, female, tall, short, skinny, and those of us who ain't. Uh, I looked on one website, and it, it identified 11, over 11,000 different people groups here on the earth at this time. And by the way, hippies was not one of the people groups. <laughs> and neither were the rednecks, and some of my family and I are offended by that. But, uh, but now 7.3 billion people on the earth, and they all came from one person, Adam. When God has a great work to do, if you notice throughout the Bible, he always does it through one person. When God got to the point to where he felt like he had to, what we call, destroy the earth with, with a flood, but he wanted to perpetuate mankind and all living creatures, he did it through one man, Noah. And he told Noah to build an ark to get ready because this is what he was going to have to do to perpetuate uh, the living creatures, including mankind. And he had Noah spend 120 years preparing that ark. I mean, why didn't he hire a construction crew? Why didn't he get a hundred men to build the ark? And they could have done it in 20 years instead of one man doing it in a hundred and twenty years. For some reason, God always chooses to do his great works through one man at a time. Not the united way. You know, when God wanted to, to perpetuate mankind and perpetuate all living creatures, he didn't do it through the United Nations, the united way, the humane society. No, he did it through one man, Noah. When God started the Jewish race that became his chosen nation, he used one man, Abraham, not a tribe, not even a family, just one man. For some reason, and I can't quite put my finger on why, but it's very obvious what God has done all throughout the, the, the history. When God has a great work to do, he always does it through one person at a time. When God wanted to free the Jewish people from their slavery in Egypt and bring them back to the promised land, he did it through one man, Moses, not through an entire army, uh, not through a guide service, not through some travel agency, not even with a GPS. He just used one man. When God has a great work to do, he always does it through one person at a time. When God had a giant to kill, he used one boy, David. When God wanted to spare the Jewish nation from Haman. You remember when Haman de declared a holiday? I mean, you know, we think of a holiday. Fourth of July, let's all go have a picnic and, and eat some barbecue and uh, maybe play a ball game. Hey, let's, we think of a holiday, you know, Christmas. Let's all take off work and let's uh, give each other some gifts. Well, Haman declared a holiday. The holiday was on this day you can kill any Jew you want to. And when you kill him, everything he used to own will become yours. 
That was the holiday he declared. And when God wanted to spare the Jewish nation from that holiday, he used one girl, Esther. When God wanted to announce his son, he used the voice of one crying in the wilderness. We read in verse 23 a few minutes ago, John the Baptist. When God wanted to get the gospel to the entire world, he used one, Paul the Apostle. You remember when Paul was in Galatia and he was preaching the word there and he said, I think I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go east for a while into Asia. But the Holy Spirit said, no, I don't want you to go that way. So Paul said, well, okay, then I think I'll go north for a while into Bithynia, which we think of as Russia today. And, and the Holy Spirit said, no, I don't want you to go that way. And the, the Holy Spirit gave Paul a vision of a man in Macedonia to the west saying, come over here and help us. And so Paul went into Macedonia that we think of as Europe today and from Europe the gospel came to America with the pilgrims and others and now from America the gospel has gone around the world through the missionaries that we've sent out when God has a great work to do he always does it through one person at a time and right now this morning February the 14th 2016 God has but one person, just one, to do the job that God intended for you to do. And the work that God has for you to do, no one else can do it. There is only one person out of 7.3 billion people on the face of this earth that can pastor Northeast Baptist Church. That's Joe Vasek. Because when God has a great work to do, he does it through one person at a time. There was only one mother who could have done her part to get Catherine to where she was yesterday. We all sat here yesterday kind of amazed what a lovely young lady she had become. And we were all so proud of her and we were all so pleased for her yesterday. But out of 7.3 billion people on the face of this earth, only one mother could have done her part to get her here. We stood there yesterday and we looked at this young man named Zach that they called the rock. That, that, that he hasn't changed it, and he stays steady and so forth. And we were all so proud of him and we were all so pleased that he had gotten to that point in his life. But you know, out of 7.3 billion people on this earth, there was only one mother that could have done her part to get him there. There was only one father that could have done his part to get Catherine where she was yesterday. There was only one father that could have done his part to get Zach where he was yesterday. You know, there was only one brother that could have pestered Catherine enough to make her want to leave home. Out of 7.3 billion people, nobody else could have played that part. <laughs> There's only one person who can be the husband that your wife needs. There is only one person that can be the wife that your husband needs. Out of 7.3 billion people in this world, there is only one mother that can be the mother that your children need. There is only one person that can teach the Sunday school class that you're supposed to teach. 
You know, nobody else can be the son or daughter you're supposed to be to your parents. If your parents are going to be obeyed the way they're supposed to be obeyed, no one else can do that but you. If your parents are going to be loved the way that they're supposed to be loved, nobody else can do that but you. If your parents are going to be respected the way they're supposed to be respected, nobody else can do that but you. If your parents are going to be honored the way they're supposed to be honored, as the Bible commands us to, to do, nobody else in this world can do that the way that you're supposed to do it but you. If, if your parents are going to be obeyed, loved, respected, honored as God intended them for, to, for them to be, you will have to do it. There is nobody else in this world that can play that part. You know, Joey, nobody else can love, honor, respect, and obey your parents the way you're supposed to. You know, Amanda, there's nobody else on the face of this earth that can love and respect and obey and honor your parents the way you're supposed to. And every person sitting in this room this morning, you are the only one that can give your parents the honor and respect that they were supposed to get from you. You know, instead of wanting somebody else's job, you ought to realize how big your job is. You know, instead of wanting somebody else's role in life, you ought to realize how important your role is in life. And instead of wishing you could have somebody else's job, you ought to make your job a big job. You know, instead of wanting to, uh, to uh, have somebody else's husband, you ought to learn to respect your husband. Instead of wanting to have somebody else's wife, you ought to learn to, to express the love that, that you should express to your wife. Your purpose in life is a great purpose. As great as the only begotten son creating all that there is. And... and as great as Adam being the one from which the entire human race came, as great as Noah perpetuating mankind and all living creatures through 120 years of patient work, through, uh, as great as Abraham starting the Jewish nation, as great as Moses leading the, the, uh, Egyptian, uh, the, uh, the Jews from Egypt to the promised land, as great as David killing Goliath. I mean, I, I would suppose the one story that is the most well-known in the entire world is David killing Goliath. And, and, and as great as that, that one feat was, your purpose in life is that great. As great as John the Baptist introducing Jesus Christ to the world. As great as Paul the Apostle getting the, uh, the, uh, the gospel to the entire world. When you stand in that Sunday school class with the word of God in your hand. And teach some boys and girls on Sunday morning the very words of God. Your job, your purpose in life is just as great as Paul's purpose was. And when Paul said, I think I'll go this way. The Holy Spirit said, no, 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 not that, not that way. And he said, well, okay, then I think I'll go this way. And the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 not not that way. And Paul said, well, I guess I'll go this way. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, then that's the way you ought to go. You ought to, as carefully as Paul did, ask the Holy Spirit to direct you when you teach that Sunday school class. When you prepare that meal for your family, when you teach your ch children the Word of God, when you visit on your bus route, when you prepare for your Sunday school class, for your junior church, when you pour yourself into your own children in your home, there is no one else that could be the parent to your child that God wants you to be. You know, no other mother could have done her part to rear the Joe Vasek that we have today other than Mrs. Vasek. Nobody else could have helped 
Joe Vasek become who Amy needed but Mrs. Vasek. Nobody else could have helped Joe Vasek become who Catherine needed and who Joey needed and who Amanda needs. Nobody else could have helped Joe Vasek become who the Northeast Baptist Church needed except Mrs. Vasek. Nobody else could have done that part. Nobody else could have done the part that Mr. Vasek did. Nobody else could play the part that you play. Nobody else could do what God has called you to do. You know, you're a designer's model. You know, you're not just a, uh, just a brand name factory product where there's a thousand of them a day that come off the assembly line. No, you're an original. You know, God didn't make a whole bunch of us and one day wake up and say, well, I'll be. I didn't realize that there was that many of them down there. I better find them something to do. No, God had one particular job that he knew that he needed to have that job done. He, needed that, he knew that your wife needed this exact husband or your husband needed this exact wife or your children needed that exact mother or your children needed that exact father or this church needed this exact pastor and God designed you exactly to do that particular job. Now, Amy, you still have two more children to finish rearing. And you have a husband to respect. And Brother Joe, you still have two more children to finish rearing and a, and a wife to convince that she's loved and a church to pastor in an area to reach for Christ. And no one else can do your job for you. Nobody else could have written the book that you're supposed to write. Nobody else could have written the song that you're supposed to write. Nobody else can teach the class you're supposed to teach. No one else can win the souls you're supposed to win. No one else can be the encourager you're supposed to be. And nobody else could direct the choir like Brother Steve does. Believe me, I've been in thousands of churches and nobody does. And that's one of the reasons I look forward to coming here every year. You know, there was only one begotten son of the father. You know, there was only one Adam. There was only one Noah. There was only one Abraham. There was only one Moses. There was only one David. There was only one Esther. There was only one John the Baptist. No one else can make your wife feel loved the way that you're supposed to make her feel loved. No one else can make your husband feel respected the way you're supposed to make him feel respected. There is no one else that can rear your children the way you're supposed to rear your children. And there's no one else that can teach your Sunday school class the way you're to teach your Sunday school class. You know, there was only one George Washington that could have led our country to victory during the Revolutionary War. And I don't believe for a second if George Washington had said, well, I'm busy, I got other things to do, I don't have time to fool with it, that we'd be sitting here today speaking English. We'd be speaking German or something else. You know, there was only one Abraham that could uh, draw, uh, Abraham Lincoln that could draw our nation back together after the Civil War. 
You know, there was only one John Bunyan that could write Pilgrim's Progress. There was only one Jonathan Edwards that could, that could uh, preach sinners in the hands of an angry God. There was only one Jack Hiles that could start Hiles Anderson College. And there is only, there's only one person who can pastor this church and only one person who can teach your Sunday school class. And there is only one you. There never has been another you. There never has been another Ray Young. Oh, there's a few imposters who have the same name I have. <laughs> there's a Ray Young in our area that drives a, uh, a, a stock car, and the stock car races, but he's not the real Ray Young. <laughs> there's a Ray Young in our area that owns a, a produce delivery company, but he's not the Ray Young. There's only one. And there's only one you. And there never will be another you. The privilege that this world has to gain from you what this world needs will only happen during your lifetime. There will never be another one. There will never be another one like you. And there is a great purpose that the one and only God has for you to fulfill. And if that purpose is ever fulfilled, suppose Adam had decided he didn't want to do his part. Suppose Abraham didn't want to do his part. Suppose John the Baptist didn't want to do his part. Suppose uh, Paul didn't want to do his part. Not one of us would have ever heard the gospel. And if you and I don't do our part, there's going to be a great void left somewhere in this world. There's going to be somebody who doesn't get the encouragement that they needed that only you could have brought. There's going to be somebody in this world who doesn't receive the respect that only you could have brought. There's going to be somebody in this world who never feels all the love they could have felt and that they needed that only you could have expressed. There's going to be somebody who at a vital moment in their life or some vital moments in their life needed help that no one else could have given but you. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And you know, if Jesus Christ had not done his part on the cross, you and I would have no hope. We would be without hope in this world. There is a great gulf between us and God. It's called sin. And none of us could have ever reached God. None of us could have ever become good enough to get to heaven. If Jesus Christ had not done his part, we would be totally without hope. And there's somebody somewhere in this world that will be totally without hope to have what they were supposed to have if you don't do your part. I don't know about you. But I don't feel the pressure of that. I feel the honor of that. That wow. Out of 7.3 billion people. God needed me to do something. 
And this morning, God needs you to do something. The Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's only one way to get saved. That's through Jesus Christ. There's no other name. I don't care how good the person was, Charles Haddon Spurgeon or Billy Sunday or or R.G. Lee or or John Bunyan or or, or John Calvin or Martin Luther. I, I, you, you name the, the, the George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. I don't care how good the name is. None of those names can get us to heaven. Only Jesus Christ. And we all believe that. And we all say, when I say it, we all respond, Amen. And there's somebody in this world depending on you as much as we're all depending on Jesus Christ to do your part. (laughs) You say, oh, you don't know who I... No, I don't know exactly who you are, but God had a particular job He needed done, and He designed you a designer's model to do that particular job. Bible said, he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. There's only one person who can do my job, and that's me. And there's only one person that can get me and you to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. He that hath the Son, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, hath life, eternal life in heaven. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It matters not where you were born. It matters not who your parents were. It matters not what religion you grew up in. It matters not which church you attend or don't attend. What matters is, do you personally have the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in your heart? Have you personally accepted Him as your Savior? If you have, you'll be in heaven someday. If you have not, you will not. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. I'd like to have every head bowed and every eye closed. In just a moment, we're going to have what we refer to as an invitation. That means we're going to invite you to make a decision. The decision for some will be this. Am I going to believe the Word of God? Am I going to believe that there really is one God? Am I going to believe that that one God really and truly knows who I am? Not only knows who I am, but designed me for a particular purpose? And am I going to decide, instead of living my life the way I would like to live it, I'm going to live my life for the very purpose that that God designed for me, designed me for to, 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 to do? And then for some here this morning, the decision you may need to make is this. Do I really believe that there's a God? Do I really believe there's a heaven? Do I really believe there's a hell? Do I really believe that because we've all sinned, we all deserve to go to that place called hell? And do I really understand and believe that because of my sin, I don't deserve to go to heaven? But because Jesus Christ is the very Son of God who lived a perfect life, died on a cross to pay my penalty, rose from the dead, that now I can trust Him to forgive me of my sins. It's just that simple. It's just a decision you make.
It's not a work you do. It's not an organization you join. It's not a better life you live. It's a decision you make. I'm going to decide that I'm going to believe God, trust his son as my savior to forgive my sins. Who would say this morning, Brother Young, would you pray for me? I want to understand and do my part and fulfill my purpose in life. Would you pray for me that I can decide this morning that God really does have a specific purpose for me and that I'm going to do my part to fulfill that purpose? Would you slip your hand up and let me pray for you this morning? How about it, wife? How about it, husband? How about it, mother? How about it, father? How about it, son or daughter? Would you slip your hand up just for a moment? Let me pray with you about that. Thank you. You may put it down. Now, who would say this morning, Brother Young, I've got a decision I need to make. I'm not sure that I'm going to go to heaven when I die, but I would sure like to get that settled someday. I'd like to make that decision and get it settled before I die. Would you pray for me that someday before I die, I can make that decision and get that settled? Would you slip your hand up and let me pray with you about that this morning? I'm going to pray for these others who raised their hand in a moment. Could I include you in that prayer this morning? I'm not sure, but I'd like to be sure someday. Can I pray for you about that? Would you slip your hand up? Just, just by slipping your hand up, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call your name or anything, but I just want to pray for you. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else quickly? I just don't quite have that settled in my heart yet, but I'd like to someday. Would you let me include you in that prayer? Anybody else quickly? Can I pray for you? Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Father, I pray for these that have raised their hands this morning. These that said, I know that there's a purpose for my life. And I know that there's a God who designed me for that purpose. And I want to do my part to fulfill that purpose for God's sake. And for the sake of those that will be influenced and affected by my life. Father, I pray for them this morning. And then these that raised their hand and others that we're thinking about it and thought, maybe I should, because I don't know for sure. I pray this morning that they'll get that settled. In fact, Lord, I'm going to go ahead and pray that not someday, but that today, they'll just go ahead and get it settled today, make that decision that, yes, I know I'm a sinner, and, yes, I want to go to heaven, not hell, and, yes, I want to trust Jesus Christ to be my Savior, to forgive me of my sins. Father, I pray they'll make that decision this morning before they leave the service. Now, with heads bowed, eyes closed, the pastor's going to come in just a second. And when he comes, we're going to have what we call an invitation. I'm going to ask you at this time, if you would, to please stand. Whether you raised your hand or not, if it's convenient for you and comfortable for you to stand, I'm going to ask you to stand at this time. In a moment, the piano's going to begin to play, and when she hits the very first note, the pastor's going to come, and when he's coming to the pulpit, why don't you step out, make your way to the front, and promise God this morning that you want to do your part to fulfill that purpose in your life, and by all means, if you're not sure you're going to go to heaven when you die, you come also as these others are coming, and we'll have a word of prayer with you, and we'll show you a verse or two from the Bible. We won't embarrass you in any way whatsoever, and you can pray about making that decision this morning. You come right now as the piano.